This episode of the Big Head Chats podcast on the On The Pine Sports Network is brought to you by Mulcahy Co. Marketing. For all your marketing needs, Gav and the team have you covered. They do it all, including making our new website. They made the process of creating and continually editing a website super easy. And the end result? Well, I'll let you check it out for yourself at www.onthepinesports.com.au. They also build online stores using Shopify. In these COVID-19 times when going online has been a must for some businesses, Gavin, the guys know how to get you there. Check out their latest store at www.wardrobebythesea.com.au. Now, some podcasts might give you a little discount code, but I'm not quite there yet, so keep listening, and maybe I will be one day. But anyway, you should check them out at www.molkay.com.au slash marketing. That's www.molkay.com.au slash marketing. Now, to big head chats, let's go. Yes, welcome back everyone. Another edition of the Big Head Chats podcast. As always, Ollie Nash in the host chair. And once again, I'm joined by the fat man, the On The Pine co-founder, Liam Marrows. Welcome, Liam. Good to be here. I've uh, been given another go. so You must be doing something uh, right. We must have done something right, yeah. The first attempt must have gone okay. And that was the, that was the first time you podcasted in a while. It, it, you you were a bit off, you you weren't off the mark for a bloke that hasn't done podcasting for a solid four or five months. It's um it's one of those things where back at the phone call, it's sort of like you don't get nerves, but I don't know, you feel sort of a bit more at ease. But um, yeah, you just got to stay composed and uh, is, is that because you got Jake on the line? It's uh. It's always a good chat. Yeah, the big Jake. Uh, is it because you're in the comfort of your own bed? You can you don't even have to get out of bed. You can just just sit up, have, have the phone there, ready the laptop with a few notes, and just talk away. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's got a good sort of vibe to it. Um, it's not a bad job. Just sit back and uh, yeah, in the comfort of the uh, the own bed. Now we are. Uh, last night we discussed our. Our betting, our, our responsible betting that we done on the footy. How 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 was your sleep? How are the nerves going uh, heading into Melbourne for Adelaide tonight? Well, I'll actually give you uh, a bit of a rundown. So we 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 did dream about it, to be honest. <laughs> uh, no way. It definitely was on the mind. But the weird thing was, we didn't dream about that in particular. But we had um, part of the dream was the Saints smashed the Swans and it wrecked the multi. Okay. So it was almost as if like we'd been thinking about the Swans playing St Kilda as a Swans fan and then we've thought about the multi at the same time and somehow it's combined as to Sydney letting me down. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah the nerves the nerves are alright, as I said to you, like it's five bucks, it's a responsible punt. Um but yeah. Hopefully it gets up, but yeah, as I said, if it doesn't, it's only five bucks, so we haven't put the house on it. Yeah, so you spot on, Marrows, the, the $5 bet, you, uh, you never feel too guilty chucking on a sneaky fiver, and when it turns into 60 bucks, it's a big win. Well, you do well. You, uh, you've you taken the 50 out, you've kept your 12 bucks in there to play with over the weekend. I think that's the way to go. I think you always take a bit of savings, take what you can get, and then just leave a little kitty in there just to see what could possibly happen with a bit of extra coin. So, I'll uh, I've got twelve dollars fifty to be exact uh, to play around with this weekend. So there's plenty of games to have a look at. So I'll see 
See what the odds are throwing at me. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I guess, the best time to be on it. You've got the game every night for 20 days. I still can't believe that. That's so much footy. And then so much NBA as well, well every night. F1 this weekend. I mean, if you don't like footy, you sort of, it's not a great time. Like, <laughs> I've, like, my mum and sister, like, you know, they don't dislike footy, but they get sick of it. Um, you know, being on the TV all weekend. But now, you know, it's on every night, so they're going to struggle. Yeah, they. Yeah, have you got like the, the second lounge room in the house that they can just duck off yeah, to and get I, away? Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm going to cop the boot there a fair bit. I think <laughs> I can probably spend most of my nights in the uh, the second room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, as we all know, mate, mum's run the house, so whatever yeah, they say be. goes eventually. Yeah, it's got to listen to the boss. Um, now we're going to kick off. We have got a few teams to get through. Sort of the the remaining few. Um, we're going to start with Brooklyn, uh, the seventh seed in the East, 30 and 34. Uh, not heaps of good news to discuss with Brooklyn in terms of the squad they're bringing to the bubble. Um, no, As we already knew, no KD, no Kyrie, and then no DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, Torian Prince, or Wilson Chandler. Um, what's your, you got a glass half full for Brooklyn? It's hard to find one, but there's got to be something in there somewhere. Yeah, it was, um, it was tough. Brooklyn was probably the, the hardest one um, for me to come up with. Um, but I've gone with Jarrett Allen's defense. So he's one of the best defenders in the league. Um, and against some of those big teams of the East, uh, I feel like his defense will go a long way, especially with DeAndre Jordan out. Um, yeah, I feel as though um, Jarrett Allen's defense could go a long way into... Trying to find something for Brooklyn in a position where you sort of see it looks as though they're going to struggle. And he's quietly building up quite a resume of of top-tier players that he's blocked and on multiple occasions as well. I don't know if you've seen the highlights video, but, um, you know, even LeBron got his shit sent back a couple of times. So he's qu- uh, quickly building up quite a uh, list of players that he that he's defended quite well he uh just a little personal note so when the family and I were over in Brooklyn went to a night went to a game and they played the the magic and mother Vicky uh she got the the t-shirt with Alan on the back loved the afro of the big fella and uh so now she's got the t-shirt and she wears it when she goes walking down there in Ballarat on on the on the track with the dogs Jeez, the Joe Allen t-shirt you know I reckon there'd be many of them not heaps, no. Well, and but then, at that point, I was twenty seventeen. There, there wasn't much going on for Brooklyn. Brooklyn, they weren't very good. So, um, he was the new. He was the new rookie. He was the one everyone was talking about. So, I think everyone wanted to get on in, on the uh, on the merch for Big Jared Allen. Um, I was going to say, yeah, he's not. Um, I remember back like when we were sort of young, like real young, and you had everyone's running around LeBron and sort of Kobe jerseys. Jared Allen, not that's that's a new one. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So I'm gonna my glass half full for the for the Nets is sort of following your stream a little bit, and Karis LeVert gets a chance to really be the the ball dominant guard in that team and try and lead the team. We've seen in the past, especially before Kyrie and KD came, that when guys like Dinwiddie and D'Angelo Russell were out, and even when they even the start of last season when they had a full squad, Karis LeVert was really 
shining and playing to a pretty high level, um, averaging 20 points a game last year until he got hurt. Um, and was definitely in all-star talks up until that point. So he gets a chance now to sort of take the lead of, of the team and um, I don't know, see what he can do with the the limited roster they've got. Yeah, well, he's won, as you say, before that injury that he suffered um, last season, he was looking really good. So, yeah, with the outs that they've, they've got, obviously no, no Kyrie Irving, they've got no uh, Jim Woody, they've got no Jared Allen and... Um, DeAndre Jordan's out as well so um, and I think you said as well earlier Wilson Chandler so um, yeah, that's Wilson five Chandler key too. names but yeah a guy like Levert um, yeah it's, he's got his opportunity in the spotlight now we'll move to their their glass half empty which is pretty obvious but uh, what what have you come up with there uh, Fat? Well I said um as I've sort of just mentioned before, just the fact that they're without a number of key players. Um, so obviously no Irving, Jim Winnie, Jordan. Obviously no Durant, hasn't played all season, but that's another one. And then um, no Wilson Chandler. And I don't know, in a sort of mini, as we were saying last night, tournament kind of feel, um, they've only got a few games and they're into the playoffs. So assuming they scrape in, there's not a lot of experience left. Yeah, so the positive is that I I basically don't see any chance of them um, being forced to be in the playoff um, for the eighth spot against. So they at the moment they're half a game in front of Orlando. So the assumption is that Orlando will jump them and go to seven, and then I I don't Washington are in an even worse position than Brooklyn in terms of players missing and uh, roster being gutted. So I don't think they're going to be forced to be in the playoff for the eight spot, which is a good thing. But my glass half empty is that the fact that they're so uh, uh, riddled by players m- being missed in the bubble, they're going to end up facing Milwaukee in the first round. So, I don't know. Any ch- they didn't have a chance against Toronto either, but you'd rather face Toronto in the first round than, Bro- uh, than Milwaukee. So now they have to face Giannis for four games, which isn't fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it'll be... Uh as you say, it'll be interesting to see what Karis Levert can do um, and Jared Allen's defense, how that stacks up. And I think the thing that summed up Brooklyn perfectly is that they signed Michael Beasley and they signed Jamal Crawford as well, which is something fun to watch and something to keep fans interested in the team for. But as soon as they signed Beasley, he's uh, suspended immediately uh, and then he got injured anyway. So he, he was signed and then he, yeah, was basically made redundant straight away. So that just pre- I, um, that, that pretty much summed up their, their whole experience in the bubble already. I feel like that sums up Beasley's career. Though. It's always like there's some sort of locker room issue or something off the court and then he been injured. So much potential, so much talent. So I feel like his career has just been riddled with with just things that have happened. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Uh, so we'll keep moving. We'll go to Indiana, um, who also are facing a few issues with... Rostar and and injuries, so they're the five seed at the moment, thirty nine and twenty six. Um, so no uh, Sabonis due to a foot injury, so he's left the bubble, so he's not going to play. Um, positive is that Victor Oladipo has been playing, and he looks like he's going to going to play. Um, what do you what what's your, We'll go glass half empty first on Indiana. What's your glass half empty? Well, you 
you just said it then. So, yeah, I think the, the loss of Sabonis is huge. Um, he's been probably one of the most improved players um, that the NBA's seen over the last couple of seasons. Um, so, yeah, I guess the fact that they lose him, to me, that's, that's, a, that's a half empty in itself. Yeah, I think I think that is the only the main glass half empty for them because he's been such a key player for especially this season with Oladipo being out. He's been the anchor of that team and was rewarded with an All Star selection. Um, if you look at their their standing, so currently they're facing Miami, who is probably the team they'd want to face the most uh, out of that sort of three to six range that they could potentially face. Um, but as it stands, they're probably going to be overtaken by Philadelphia. And who and then go to sixth, so they'll face Boston, which is a pretty easy first round exit, I think, for Indiana. Yeah, I just I, I feel like you know that, that they're one of those teams that they they appear better than they are because of their conference. So to me, they don't have a number of good good players, but it's because of you know the weak Eastern Conference um, that they're probably in the position they're in. Yeah. Um, so they're just looking at some some stats. They're the seventeenth best offense in the league, um, which obviously is big draw. definitely helps that. But he's coming back from injuries. So how much can you rely on him to to take that offensive load straight away? Um, defensively, they're they're top seven in the league. So that's that's something to hang their hat on. Do you think? With the injury to Sabonis and and Victor Oladipo coming back, and he wasn't really sure on an injury. Do you think they sort of because they're going to make the playoffs, but do you think it's almost this season's a bit of a write-off and then look to next year to really launch with a full squad for hopefully a full season? I mean, that's, that, that's the easiest thing to, you know, that you would think that would be what you what you go, um, what you go with. But um, it just depends how hungry they are. Um, like, do they want to see how far they can go? Or, yeah, as you say, is the mentality look towards next season? Um uh, one with Oladipo is he really hasn't played a lot of basketball, like consistent basketball for a long time. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what his productivity is like. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, I love Victor Oladipo. It'll be fun to watch him play again, but there has been all those talks about him being, you know, he wasn't event, he wasn't uh, at the beginning going to play in the bubble or there was rumours that he was thinking about not, and now he is because Sabonis is out, but... With the injury he had, you can't rely on him to be back in straight away and then dominating from the start. So they, um, I feel like they'll make the playoffs. It'll be a first-round exit, but I think it'll hold him in good stead for next season when they can launch um, with a full squad, full sort of pre-season under the belt and... Um, yeah, and sort of try and get themselves above that sort of four, five seven where they've been stuck the last couple of seasons and push for a, you know, second round, possibly an Eastern Conference finals. Um, we'll continue with the Eastern Conference. We'll go to Orlando, who um I mean, haven't really been discussed heaps during during the season. They've sort of been in that seven, eight seed range most of the year. So they're um they're currently the eight seed at thirty and thirty-five. We just discussed Brooklyn and the fact that Orlando will probably overtake them into the seven seed, so they'll avoid Milwaukee most likely and, and probably face a Toronto. Do you see? Do you see any possibility that Orlando can upset the Raptors in the first round? Yeah, I 
no. It's um, yeah. Uh, who did they play in the first round last season? Yeah, last yeah, the Raptors. Was it was it the Raptors? And I was going to say yeah. Yeah, so they won that. They won that first game off a um, the DJ Augustine buzzer beater, or you know, yep. go ahead sort of game winner, um, and then lost four in the trot. So they, I mean. They're the, they're the sort of team, Orlando, that they can present a problem for you for one or two games, but the consistency and the longevity certainly isn't there. Um, but it's, it's bound to happen because they've still got a pretty young team. And last year was there. So before last season, they'd been woeful the last three, four, five years before that. So um, if they're sort of still in this seven, eight range for the next two, three years, then you'd sort of be discussing them as... Right, they need to rejuvenate, get some younger, different guys in, and, and start again almost. But um, not completely losing faith when there's only their second sort of run at the playoffs with this current crop of uh, players. Yeah, I mean, if you look at their roster, um, they've got a number of you know strong pieces. Um, but yeah, as you say, it's just if they run for the Raptors again like they did, um, you know, in the playoffs last year, they they took that one game, but. Yeah, I feel like they're one of those teams that, you know, they, they've got the ability to take one, maybe two games, but you just can't see them getting four wins against a, a team like, you know, Milwaukee or Toronto, who you'd expect them to play. Um, so my glass half empty, oh, glass half full, sorry, for Orlando, is that, as we've said, they're only a half game off the seventh seed um, and would rather face Toronto instead of Milwaukee. And they've got a pretty healthy and rested squad, so... Uh, Nikola Vucevic missed 11 games and Jonathan Isaac missed 33. So they're, def- they're two key members um, of their front court that will be in the bubble um, and healthy, which is a, definitely a plus for them and give them a bit more variety in what they can do on the offensive end. Um, what's your glass half full for, for the Magic? Um, well, I've just got that, you know, they'll obviously likely make the playoffs. Like something would have to go badly wrong for them to miss. If they um, if if they don't make the playoffs, that's one of the biggest chokes I've ever I reckon I've seen in NBA history. That would be yeah, Washington so. are that bad that if if they even get into the playoff with Washington, that would be a bad look for the franchise. Exactly. So yeah, I mean the half full is that you know it'll be two consecutive. Uh, I don't know if they were in the playoffs before last year. I don't think they were. They've been bad for a long time. Um, but yeah, the fact that you know the two consecutive years at least um, going to the playoffs, um, you know, definitely with um, you know a team that's fairly young, um, they're definitely going in the right direction. And they were six and four in their last ten before the lockdown, so not a not an amazing record by any stretch, but they were definitely in some okay form. Um, sort of probably getting their players back and and starting to gel a little bit more with with their main pieces. Um, do you think? Lockdown form has any merit coming into the bubble, being it was four four months ago. Uh, to be honest with you, like it almost feels like it was last season. So yeah, you look well, at it. Well, the, the, the four months we've had yeah. off is longer than a normal NBA off season, so it definitely does feel like a completely new season. Yeah, I don't think you can read too much into it. Like you know, everything we're talking about now is. It's based off last season, you know, well, not last season, but when the season ended. Um, and then, you know, obviously what we've seen during the lockdown and, you know, a couple of pre-season scrimmages. Um, 
But, you know, there's always going to be a surprise going into a new season now. Almost, it always feels like it's a new season. Yeah, and that's why it's sort of, even for teams like the Clippers, their pre-lockdown form was so good, but there's a part of me that thinks, well, how much can you actually read into that when it was so long ago? And they, this this bubble is the first time that they've trained and played together for four months. It's not like they've been having to have games off, but they can train as a group and continue that to gel and, and get their form up. They literally haven't been in and around each other as a group for, yeah, four months. So that definitely has to have an effect on, especially a young team like Orlando, I think. Yeah, I mean, as a, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's really very unknown um, what to expect. I mean, we can we can speculate, but um, yeah, I mean, with Orlando, you know, they should make the playoffs, so they give themselves a chance. But um, yeah, against the potential Bucks or Raptors in the first round, it's a pretty uphill battle. Now we'll move on to New Orleans. So New Orleans probably present one of the most intriguing storylines going into the bubble they have they have the most intriguing player and most entertaining player just about in the NBA at the moment in Zion on their roster so that obviously puts them in the spotlight a bit and the fact that they're only three and a half games back from the eight seed means that they're a great chance of getting the playoff with Memphis as long as they can um, win some games and keep Portland away from that nine seed um, what's your glass half full for the Pelicans? Um, just simply put the the talent. So, you know, there's there's a number of uh, you know players that can, um, you know, when you when you go to basketball on that on that list. Um, in particular, obviously Zion. Um, the only thing is though is you know as we say you know it's, it's been a while since he's played, um, and which is the same for everyone. But um, you know. The thing with someone like Zion is there's so much hype and he's lived up to it to date. Um, but yeah, can he keep it going? Yeah, well, that's exactly it. And it was clear that Zion definitely made them better and more competitive. But the fact is they were 10 and 9 in the 19 games that Zion played. So they're still at that sort of just above 500 mark and they're already facing an uphill battle. So a lot has to go right for them. So they're... they're Schedule for the bubble is Utah, the Clippers, Memphis, Sacramento, Washington, San Antonio, Sacramento again, and then Orlando. So those first three games, Utah, the Clippers, and Memphis, are the most important ones that they'll have for the whole bubble because they're the they're the three sort of tough ones, you would say, um, especially that Memphis game. They have to win that one for certain. Um, and if they can win two of those, that would be a great start for them to then, as they go into face Sacramento, Washington, San Antonio, Sacramento again, and then Orlando. So they have a great run home um, in those last five games, but those first three are definitely key. Do you see them winning? Do you see them winning two, or is it sort of more of a? Do you think you see a one or possibly zero wins from those first three? Um, I mean, I think I think you could. Uh, you can't rule them out winning two. Um, you know what? What what would you be happy with? Would you be happy with two wins or one win? Obviously, you want to win them all, but what th- would be the pass mark? I think for you get one win there, and then you sort of, and if you can lock in four wins in those other five, 
winning five games out of the eight is, for them, I think, would most likely get them a playoff uh, spot against against Memphis. Um, I mean, ideally, maybe six games, or six wins would be ideal, and something that could be definitely gettable for them. So. I mean, they they're they're a fun team to watch because they're top five for points scored, average points scored. So they, it's just free flowing, just slingshot, put up as many threes as possible, just you know, fast paced offense. But they're only fifteenth in terms of overall offensive rating, and they're a bottom ten defense. So they're that sort of they're a Houston type team where if it's not going well for them offensively, then there's sort of no chance of them being competitive. So if they can, just depends, you know, the form that these young guys are in because we saw how good Brandon Ingram was playing, one of the most improved players in the league. Zion came in, had an immediate impact. Lonzo, one of my favourite guys, was playing really well also. So it just depends how, you know, the young guys come back to shape they're in and if they can hit those, you know, hit those shots and keep up their high-paced offence. Well, yeah, as you say, there's a, there's a ton of talent. So, um, uh, yeah, you know, like Brandon Ingram, Monzo Ball, um, you know, obviously Zion Williamson as well. Uh, even Jackson Hayes off the bench. Um, you know, he's a rookie center as well. And, yeah, there's a number of guys in there that are, that are young and, um, you know, not even if they don't go all the way, you know, and don't have a, don't have a deep playoff run this season, they're definitely uh, in the frame if they can keep this team together for future seasons. Um, how much do you think the league wants the, to see Zion in the playoffs? How, how, how much do you reckon Adam Silver's sitting at home thinking, I really hope that Zion and the Pelicans make it over Memphis or Portland? Well, I mean, it almost was like, you know, the mission to, to get the Pelicans into the playoffs. Like, you sort of feel like this bubble, this restart with these games before the playoffs, is pretty much just a mission to get the Pelicans into the bubble. Like it's a, it's almost as if you know we're, it's like a video game. You know, start now, make the playoffs. It's like a Pelicans quest yeah. to um yes, yes. to get into I, that. Yeah, that's a great analogy, actually. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely there a chance. Um, but it's not on a plate for them. They uh, are gonna have to work for it. Yeah, you're spot on. Um, so glass half empty. So my my glass half empty for the Pelicans is. Um, just a complete lack of playoff experience. So JJ Redick and, and Drew Holiday have obviously played their fair amount of playoff basketball. Um, JJ hasn't missed the playoffs since entering the league, so he's keen to keep that um, keep that running as long as he can. Um, and as as we said, I think before a lot needs to go right. So they're at that point now where it's all there for them. There's definitely a chance they can do it, but a lot has to go right in terms of them winning games, other teams losing, um, for them to be able to make that eight seed. What's your uh, glass half empty for the Pelicans? Um, pretty much the same as you. So lack of experience. But you look at their roster, they've only got two players over 30. Um, and they've got nine players under 25. Um, with, you know, a majority of them being, you know, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, um, even Josh Hart, all you know, key players for them. But, yeah, as you say, they just they, they don't have playoff experience. Yeah, you're exactly right. I uh, 
while we're on the subject of the young guys, I need to give props to my to my man Lonzo. So he's one of my favourite players in the league, and just had a little look at his stats just to remind myself on how good he was actually going. And twelve point four points, six rebounds, seven assists, shooting forty one percent from the field and thirty eight percent from three of six and a half attempts. So my boy Lonzo was quietly getting his, and the partnership with Zion was definitely something that was starting to blossom. Um, and will be very entertaining to watch once the bubble starts. I'm sure you'd agree with that, Maros. Yeah, I think I've never been a massive fan of you know the, uh, the. I think it's more the hype with the, the ball family, like with um. So you don't you don't like the you don't like the the big chat from the Le, big Lavar. You don't like the I'd the say publicity. That's what like, yeah, I just yeah, I've always thought that they're one of those um, they're that situation where it's like. The family name has pushed them into it, but um, Lonzo, you know, he's definitely, you know, played some very good basketball, so he deserves to be there. Um, and then, you know, we've had um, obviously Lamelo in the NBL. I wasn't sure what to expect from him, but uh, definitely a very good basketball family. And what surprised me about Lamelo is that we we didn't hear anything from his dad while he was here. I don't remember. I remember seeing yeah. one interview with him uh, on the sidelines during one of his games, and even in that interview, he was very reserved, didn't give too much away. Um, I was expecting the full show, and we we got none of it. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty reserved. and um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, they just let the basketball do the talking, and uh, obviously, yeah, Lonzo's had a great season to date. Um, yeah, very sort of combo sort of guard. Um, and then, obviously, yeah, in the NBL... Lamelo was great, and he looks as though he's going to be a um, you know a top three pick at least. Can you imagine Lamelo going to the Pelicans and playing with Lonzo? Do you see that fitting? Because I would love that. Uh, I don't really. I wouldn't be a massive fan of it. I'd rather um, Lamelo sort of create his own thing, get away from that um, extra attention, and uh, just sort of not keep to himself. He's always going to have you know the spotlight on him, but um, I guess. You know, so if he went to a team like the Knicks or something, you know, I just think that'd be a great fit. Yeah, and I think he uh, both. So Lonzo has definitely sort of taken a step back from his dad in terms of in the public eye, and it's done wonders for his basketball and probably his respect around the league um, and his reputation. And I think Lamelo is doing the same thing and. If he can get to New York even and play under Thibs, um, I think that's that that'll do wonders for his career in terms of having a great mentor early to really um, get his career going um, in, instead of being you know with the Knicks say this year where there was no sort of no mentors and no veteran figures in the team. So we. Um, Hopefully he goes somewhere like that and he can really shine. Um, yeah, exactly. Now we'll move on. We'll finish off with uh, Sacramento today. So Sacramento, definitely the forgotten team in this Western Conference playoff hunt, and one that is in it as into their deep. Sorry, in it up to their eyeballs, but no one sort of is talking about their their possible. Um, you know, qualification for the playoffs. So as it stands, they're the 11th seed, 28 and 36. And they've got the same 
they're the same amount of games behind Memphis as Portland and the Pelicans are. So, um, do you see? Do you think they've sort of been not disrespected, but gone under the radar, Sacramento? Yeah, I mean, you sort of forget about the Kings because they've uh, been down for a, for a long time, um, and they don't have that hype around them like a you know a New Orleans does, or you know, you look at a team like the Spurs in a similar position, you sort of say, well. You know, what's going on with San Antonio? You know, like they've always been up there no matter who they've got on their team. Now suddenly they're out of that sort of playoff um, bracket. Um, so, yeah, I think the Kings, you know, definitely definitely um, are a chance to, to make the playoffs. But, yeah, you, you're not wrong. You do sort of forget about them. Yeah, and just even looking at the, the schedule they've got, so they've probably got the nicest schedule, in, especially at the start when it probably matters the most, when you need to win games early to put the pressure on those above you. So they start with the Spurs, Orlando, Dallas, Pelicans, Brooklyn. So that that five-game stretch there, I mean, you'd say they're well and truly not favourites against Dallas, but the other four are definitely winnable games for a young, energetic team like the Kings, who are now well-rested. Well and in a short bubble like this, all you need to do is you know, play well for this small period. And I think the young team is going to benefit from that. Yeah, I mean, there's, as you say, there's no reason why they can't win, um, you know, at least at least three to four, four of those games early. Um, you know, they'll they'll drop a couple, um, I reckon, because uh, that's just what basketball is. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, it, you definitely give them a chance against San Antonio, Orlando, New Orleans, Brooklyn, and even Dallas. You know, on their night, they've proven that uh, they can compete with anyone. Samaro's uh, glass half full for Sacramento. What are you? What are you going with? Um, so they've got the pieces to be a champion. Well, not a championship team, but they've got the pieces to be a playoff team. Um, I just, you know, you look at it, you know Harrison Barnes, Buddy Hield, uh, De'Aaron Fox, you know uh, Bogdanovich as well. Marvin Bagley, you know, the list goes on. There's, there's tons of talent there. Um, but, uh, yeah, at the same time, they are, a lot of those guys do have a lack of playoff experience. So it'll be interesting to see what they uh, serve up. Yeah, and so they miss Bagley to injury, and then, as you said, no winning experience basically at all. Uh, the interesting thing for me is going to be in this bubble is what they decide to go with lineup-wise. So... During the year, there was some change-ups with uh, who to start at shooting guard. You have Buddy Heald and, and Bogdanovich as well, both capable starters in the league, and it just sort of was going off who, you know, the form of the team, who gelled better, et cetera, et cetera. Who, who do you see starting in that spot? Because that, I mean, Buddy Heald signed that massive contract recently, but, you know, there's probably going to come a point where they might have to part ways with one of them. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, as I said, it's a, it's a very debatable topic. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'd probably go healed, but um, Bog, Bogdanovich. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. I, I'll probably take healed though. Yeah, I think. I think I there's so there's a massive case of Bogdanovich, and and a lot of experts, you know, you you listen to have huge wraps on him but the I think Buddy can he can hold his own defensively 
And then offensively, his upside is as good as any in the league. His shooting is unbelievable. Um, you look at how many threes he's hit at this age compared to Steph and Clay at the same age, and he's at that level. So um, I think I'm giving Buddy the slight edge. Um, as a team, though, I mean, we talked about their you know good schedule in the bubble um, and the fact that they're a good chance to to be within the hunt for the eighth seed, but they are the 19th rated offense, 18th defense, uh, and they're 23rd in scoring, and they give up 111 points a night. So that's not great stats to have as you go for a, a playoff push. Yeah, um, they they sort of were one of those teams that just seem to get the job done. They don't have any you know, amazingly good uh, stats, but yeah, they seem to just sort of remain sort of in the window. Yeah, and it's amazing that they have considering those stats because it seems like every other sort of mid-tier team that we've discussed in this series has they're they're good on one end, so they're a, a top sort of whatever teams in the league at one end. So at least if if one part of the ball is not going well, they can hold their hat on the fact that they're good at the other end. But Sacramento just seem just seem to be pretty mediocre at both ends, but probably the you know, the potential star factor of a De'Aaron Fox gets them over the line, Buddy Heald shooting the lights out, and even the veteran experience of a Harrison Barnes can can take them a certain amount of the way, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's good to see Sacramento back back in the mix. They're a um, franchise with a lot of history, but, uh, yeah, it's been a while. Well, I mean, I was looking at their, for their basketball reference page, you, you, you go to their the Sacramento Kings as a the franchise one. And they've so they obviously had a few different names and moved cities, but they've got seventy two seasons worth. So that that's a that's a lot of history. And they've been around for a long time and they've been bad for a long time. You I looked through the list and they won the finals once when they were the Ross when they were the Ro- Rochester Royals in nineteen fifty one. And apart from that, there's a lot of semi-final exits, a lot of no playoffs at all, especially since uh, the early 2000s. Their last playoff um, appearance was in 2006. So they're due, Melrose. They are due. They are due. And, uh, you know, the the capital, I'm pretty sure it's the capital of California, Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, yeah. Well, uh, if you get it wrong, we'll call you out for that next time you're here. No, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'll <laughs> find out for you. But um, yeah, I yeah, you're um, right. I just, I, 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 like just Mark just gave me the the quick uh, voiceover in the headset. You're right, Sacramento, capital of California. Yeah. Well, I mean, as I said, I, I'd love to see them there, but um, it is sort of a similar situation to um, you know, an Orlando and a Brooklyn in in saying that, you know, for them if they make it, it's an uphill battle. Well, for Sacramento, it's an uphill battle to actually make the playoffs. Yeah. You're spot on, Liam. Uh, you've been good today, mate. You've uh, just, in your first couple of episodes back, got the groove back, I feel. You're back into the swing of things a bit with the podcasting, and you've been good. Uh, just going to get the job done for the, for the Jaco. The Jaco. I uh, actually been in my morning walk 
uh, my daily exercise for the day in lockdown. There's, there's a Jayco not far from my house, parked out in the street. So I might have to go down there and get a photo with it a bit later and send that through to you, the Jayco. So the, the Jayco, well, you're, uh, you're off the Jayco daycare now, aren't you? I am, yeah. So need to go babysit the little cousins while, while the uncle and auntie get some work done for the day. Um, so Jayco daycare is open for business. Yeah, the Jayco Daycare, he loves it. Um, well, it gives you something to do, Maros, which is a positive. Uh, while you're at, yeah, while you're at the barn, uh, I'm at yeah. the Jayco Daycare. Yeah, the Jayco Daycare, yeah, we love it. Uh, well, Maros, thanks for joining us, mate, today on Big Head Chats. We'll be watching Port Adelaide and Melbourne tonight very closely, riding home the multi, and hopefully we, uh, we go to bed tonight and you're $200 richer. Hopefully, mate, hopefully. Thanks for joining us, mate. We'll chat soon. No worries. See you, mate.